got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. All right, we're recording. We're recording. Brian's got himself a new microphone today, everybody, and a new iPad, Brian. Can you, because this is an academic podcast, it's paid for by our institutions. <laughs> That's true. And, um, you know, we, we support um, our employers 100%. And they support us by buying us yeah. equipment. What the, do you have there? What the, are you working with? The microphone is for my online classes. I'm just giving it a good test run. Yeah, it's a test run. Some due diligence. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's what I'm doing here in the radio studio at MSU Denver. Um, because before everybody, before this gets taken away and sold off for parts, um, this is my thirty-five thousand dollar <laughs> workshop. So you're just gonna sh- seal it out of that, take it piece by piece, and recreate I actually, it I was, I was talking to Jackie the other day. I said, you know what? What do we do about that? She said, we can't sell it. She's like, it's you know, the university doesn't let you sell it. So we either keep it or you give it away for free. Dude, this is a little behind the curtain stuff, but universities are so weird when it comes to tech stuff. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if Metro yeah. is this, this weird yeah, guy. At, at, uh, at University of Michigan Flint. Um, which is where you are. It, which is where I'm at. Yeah. They, um, the, the tech people, once a computer is four years old, are like, we don't touch it. Yeah, I know. Won't touch it. So, like, you, you sort of have to, even if your stuff is fine, mm-hmm. you kind of have to buy new stuff all the time if you want them to actually do service on it or to you know do it sort of business on it so we end up i don't know about you we have like a graveyard of nice computers and ipads and stuff you're right we can't you can't sell it you can't put them on craigslist i don't think it's just universities either i think it's uh there must be some i don't know if it's something that has to do with ferpa but i remember when i was in high school working like grounds at Columbus Community High Schools, and there being just a graveyard of computers in one of like the storage sheds. Oh, on because the property. they had private information on them. You mean? I would assume so. Yeah, I, I would assume that you can't. But it's just... all it's all stored online now. It's not stored on hard drives anywhere. I mean, it's not it's not stored on like hard drives of, of individual computers. Dude, I don't know. I wouldn't Maybe. assume. Well, fine. Like, how about we just turn around and be like, "Hey, students, you know, if you need a computer, we'll we'll sell you one cheap. Something. Uh, it's bizarre." That is bizarre. <sighs> bizarre. Uh, before we jump into this week, chock full of news, um, we are doing our annual sports nerds bracket extravaganza. Uh, many of you will get an email from me on Monday morning, most likely. I was just telling Brian, I'm going to try to schedule it out so that it comes to you with information on how to log in and everything. It's not a public uh, 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 pool. Reason being like, we need to make sure that we know everybody in there in case they win. We can send them money. It seems like at least once or twice uh, a year when we do these contests, there's somebody who wins or places that gets money. It takes like a week to hunt down to figure out who they are because they don't have – Yes, because they don't have like usernames in there or something like that. So uh, real briefly to tell you about it, about the the, the pool uh, when you catch this because you can jump in there now. You can get in the, in the tournament challenge now. We're going to do it at ESPN.com. You want to go to tournament challenge. Our, the name of our group is i got to find it now. I was, we, I was I was typing it as you said it and it sounded like on my end there was a typing sound effect. 
That was nice. That was good. Oh my god, we've become Radio Lab. Yes, because of that. <laughs> totally the, accidental. The name of the group is We Are Sports Nerds, and the password is Nerds. And you'll see Brian, my face. Uh, you'll see our faces right there uh, with our round logo. I guess we'll have to reassess our bet um, and our color scheme if Iowa faces off with Michigan in the semifinals. Semifinals? Quarterfinals? Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Uh, Minyana. We're recording on Thursday, by the way. Um, what are you watching right now? I got Virginia. I got Virginia. I got uh, Virginia. NC State. Who, who's playing? You don't even know. I don't know. I had it on. Well, I, had, I was watching Iowa State, and they took a kind of commanding lead over Baylor. Turned that off. Uh, and also the Indiana Hoosiers and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Did you uh, did you like that video of, of Coach Miles falling down? <laughs> he owned it. He did. You know, he, did. he could have just rolled around in pain or something, but no, he... He was know. really, really excited. It's, okay, only, so it's yeah. only embarrassing if you let it be. Truth. Yeah, that's a good point. Own it. So Tournament Challenge, ESPN.com, go to Tournament Challenge, search for our group, which is We Are Sports Nerds, and the group password is Nerds. It is two entries max, excuse me, uh, $5 per entry, and you can send that via PayPal to WeAreSportsNerds at gmail.com. WeAreSportsNerds at gmail.com. We'll also be posting this stuff on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter in the coming days. Um, as Brian knows, I will be out of town next week, and so I'll be in contact with him, asking him to to do some pushes and some some shares and stuff like that. But we will try to get as many people as possible in the pool. I think we always shoot for a hundred. We're getting close. It's been like year three. We're continuing to grow, so continuing to grow. Um, but it would be cool to have a lot of folks in this. It would be a, a ton of fun. But today, Brian, um, aside from those other things that I just covered, do you have any other announcements that you'd like to make? In the uh, sports ball world, no, no announcements. I did right. see. I did see one story that's not on our um, on our docket for today. Did you see this Aaron Hernandez thing? I uh, didn't. But tell me. Go. So Let's start there. Go. Aaron go. Hernandez found look. found guilty of a murder, right? And then that's was correct. I think being charged for a second one. Uh, he committed suicide in his cell, mm -hmm. and there was this old law in Massachusetts, I guess, that it like expunged the the murder conviction because he died like during the course of an appeal. Um, so they took the murder conviction off. Um, and then the, apparently that this all went through the courts and they've overturned that. So his murder conviction reinstated. Mm, which okay. it's, it's interesting. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's not. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? You're the, no, but that's okay. I mean, you're the, you're, you're much closer to the legal sphere than I yeah. am just because of your background. Why, what is well, the point of that? I, I think, mean, is it just for the family of the victim? Well, the logic on, on, the original law, which said that the, the conviction had to go away, would be his appeal went away when he died, right? They're, they're not going to continue to process a, a, a right. appeal of a murder conviction for a dead guy. Right. Um, so I guess the logic is he was still contesting his guilt. And since that process was never resolved and wasn't going to be resolved, you might as well wipe it away. The argument, this was a, a, a legislative change, I, I, I think. Maybe it was a court challenge based on a legislative um, change. Either way, basically said that's unfair to, you know, the victims uh, and the victim's family to to just vacate what what is otherwise a lawful murder conviction. So interesting. Very interesting. interesting. Was did you listen to the podcast about uh, Aaron Hernandez? No, I didn't. Uh, Jeff Furwa, who's an avid listener of the show, was telling me to listen to it. I just never got to it. I got too backed up on other podcasts, but um, obviously insightful about his life and the things that led him to doing what 
he ended up doing, which were all terrible, but yeah. certainly, you know, head injuries and uh, a rough childhood and all that stuff. It but. was a real crazy, I mean, one of the craziest things that's happened in pro football, right? I mean, it's, it's, it was, it was just a bonker story. I don't have anything more insightful than that. Well, you did say bonkers and you did say crazy, which allows for the perfect transition to <laughs> obviously the biggest story of the week uh, across, <laughs> uh, I would say across national news, across celebrity news, across, I would almost sports news. Um, and I am talking about the, I don't know. Um, sorry. I just, I, I had such a great lead up to that. And then I just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I finished too early, if you will. Um there it is uh, obviously the felicity huffman and, and Lori laughlin uh story um about sat and act score fudging and the pain why we would be interested in it is because of uh the intermingling of college athletics with this story and so if you haven't caught it um you must be living in a cave somewhere yeah. first and foremost but earlier this week there was a massive raid. Who was the first one to get raided? Was it Felicity, the first one to get raided? Like, this was a legit FBI raid on their homes. Yeah. Like, she went out in cuffs and shit. It was wild. She, uh, uh, Lori Laughlin was in jail until today. Jeez, dude. Million, Jeez. million dollar bail. Hey, summarize this for us. Summarize this for us. You'll be better at it. Yeah. So what I happened? think what actually happened was they caught um, the guy who was basically selling a service where he would bribe um, colleges to to help rich people get their kids into to Ivy league schools and that sort of thing. So he got caught somehow, um, but he was cooperating with the, with the government and he named all these other people that he, um, that he was helping get their kids into college. But basically they were doing, which guy was that? was that? I don't know his name. Yeah, dude. Was that the, uh, uh, wasn't, uh, where the hell is that story? Rick Singer? William yeah, Rick Singer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that, is that his name? I don't, I don't know. know. Some dude, know. he might become household name. We'll find out. He was cooperating with uh, with investigators about this, but he actually got in more trouble because apparently he tipped a lot of these people off. So he was privately telling investigators, here's the people that I helped get their kids into college. But then he was like texting those people and saying, uh, hey, the cops are going to come after you oh, for, this, for this stuff. Um, okay. Anyways, yeah. So apparently uh, they would pay this guy a bunch of money. And he was on, I guess on, on, on the front end, he was doing some like SAT and uh, ACT cheating scam mm -hmm. um but the sports tie-in is apparently they would give this guy a bunch of money and he had connections at a bunch of schools where he would um basically get these kids accepted uh under like sports exceptions he'd be like this person's a really good rower or this person's really good at you know field hockey or something like that even though they had never played those sports and they would uh, you know like at, at big universities uh, some you know sports they have they can they can get admissions they can get admits that otherwise wouldn't wouldn't be uh, allowed into the school so is that that's what was going on like that that was the connection to sports is that these kids were trying to get into elite schools for the most part mm -hmm. but normally they wouldn't be able to get into those elite schools unless they were um on some sort of athletic scholarship or they they could uh, be kind no, of they're, yeah their grades just weren't good enough okay yeah right. great which is kind of schools yeah yeah okay but um, but but you know good high profile sports programs can can I, I i don't know exactly how the sausage is made but can put pressure on admissions and say we want this person in even if they wouldn't have gotten in but for their sports acumen but it was a lie i think he was i think he was essentially paying off his the coaches at the elite schools that was part of the the scam and then uh, apparently on paper this all looked like 
charitable donations or something. It was all like a 501c3 or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's pretty nuts. It is really, really rich nice. People, man. My gosh. Uh, a Not couple a of things. Book. A couple of things that I was I was thinking about yesterday, um, you know, after this had played out was how ignorant do these how aloof do these celebrities have to be? Or I would say these two in particular, right? Lori Laughlin and, and Felicity Huffman, to think that they could get away with this or to not be able to do things in more covert ways yeah to get their kids into school but I, it was funny i was telling uh, i was talking to larry collette about this and larry was like well and larry used to work in hollywood it was his first job out of there he was literally driving celebrities around and kind of he was a driver it was a you know production assistant this kind of stuff and he said you so many of these people who their entire lives are governed by agents or you know put into place or or kind of uh structured by agents and what uh, you know agents tell them to do they don't know how to do this shit on their own and so it would make sense that these two would kind of fuck up and and get in trouble for this kind of stuff but i mean it's wild did you see the the take from the uh usc uh assistant athletics director no she would uh 500k is what she had made from i believe it was uh I want to get you the the right data here. Uh, if I can find it, bribing goes beyond sports. Where is it? Dang it! I had it pulled up. I had it highlighted. I oh was yeah, five hundred grand just for this one family. It looks like. Yeah, for the one family. <laughs> that was just Lori. That was just Lori Laughlin and her husband. Lori Laughlin. Five hundred grand in exchange for having their two daughters designated as recruits to the University of Southern California crew team. They were recruited as coxswains. My sister was a coxswain at uh, Creighton University. That's the person What's who sits it? in the boat and yells through the microphone. Uh, it doesn't grow. Very interesting. I did not know that. All and right, so let's to, take this. In defense of coxswains, you still have to like do all the training and stuff. It's, oh yeah, well, I understand what you're saying. Um, Dude, this bonkers. It's, uh, I mean, I, sorry, I, yeah. I, I, I think I've, I think I've bonkers, uh, used bonkers twice already, so I'll, I'll try not mm-hmm. to do it again. But I, <laughs> Not to be all judgy here, but you're going to spend $15,000 to $75,000 to fix your kid's SAT or ACT score. You're already rich. Your kids are probably already going to, to, to insanely good schools. You could have spent that money getting them a tutor. It's like you don't have enough of a leg up being independently wealthy in the first place that you have to, to do this sort of thing. It's, it's really, it's really uh, disgusting. I just can't believe that it was uh, for the Laughlin kid, uh, USC. Like, it's not like that great of a school. I understand that it's a decent school, but I, I get Yale and, and Stanford, but USC, really? I guess maybe she was just an OJ fan. It's <laughs> just like, she wanted to you be know, we, listen, we'll pay to get you into college, but we have to do one that's realistic. We can't, we can't put you in Harvard. That's not gonna, that's not gonna work out well. I don't know. You know, well, um, the biggest problem with this is that obviously Lori Laughlin was in uh, um, Full House, right? Yeah, Aunt, uh, Aunt, Je- Aunt Becky, Aunt Becky, Aunt, Aunt Becky, Uncle Jesse's uh, totes. Um, yeah, so it's like this. First of all, you got this, you know, kind of Full House image that doesn't match up with this, and and then uh, Full House and Real Housewives. So many houses here. Too many. Houses. But basically, all I've been thinking about for two days is how did they fit so many people in that house on Full House? Well, they expanded Joey the was like in the garage for a while, and then he was in the basement. They had, didn't they have a studio in the basement too? When Jesse and Joey started running their, you know, whatever, they're writing jingles. Yeah. And then the mean, twins was... and Jesse and what's your face lived in on the uh, in the attic. There's some zoning no. violations going on. Right Dude, there. no, no, no. It was a big it was a big upstairs. Uncle Jesse was up there. Uh uh DJ and Stephanie uh, no, no. shared a bedroom. Later and then... on, Lori Laughlin moves in when they have their twins and they live in what was then the they... attic. 
Oh, I see. I, for some reason, I like it was 73 people live in that house. I thought it was above the garage. In, in By the way, in San Francisco. And if it's you've been to San Francisco, Francisco to see that fucking house, there's no way. So I get your point, right? This isn't in Highlands Ranch. This is a this is a house that's on the side of Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. <laughs> so absolutely impossible. No, okay. You know what? But sometimes you just got to suspend reality. But um, No, I don't think that's what happened. I think that Lori Laughlin was probably... Um, bribing zoning officials to to let that happen. <laughs> I think I think I think we cracked this this motherfucker wide open. This wide open. Back wide open. The early nineties. So in terms of sports, because we do got to talk about the sports ball. Um, I mean, what does this say to you about sports? Because I think to me, it's 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 the influence of sport. Like to be able to go to university officials who are part of the uh, athletics departments at Stanford, whether it be a coach or at USC, whether it be a, an assistant athletic director, people have serious pull there Yeah, to get these kids into schools. I mean, this sounds so far from what's about to happen to Arizona with, uh, with Sean Miller and, you know, the rest of, you know, the recruiting scandal that's going to unfold from there. But it's very, it sounds far uh, on the surface, but it's the same kind of shit, right? I mean, it's it's universities, yeah. it's it's people leveraging their power because of their proximity to sport to do a lot of wild shit. No, I think there's I think there's a compelling argument for um, the 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 divorce of college athletics from from colleges. Yeah, uh, because they're, because they're they're over professionalized. They really are. It's it, you mm-hmm. you constantly are putting schools in these lose lose situations where they're forced to make. Um, you know, either the right decision that costs them money, or the wrong decision for in favor of money, but but for for all the wrong reasons, uh, it, it makes it makes no sense that you know uh, even a D one football program has as much clout in terms of admissions as it does. But we're we're talking about you know like the rowing team. No offense to to rowing. Like what why this poll exists is 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 really pretty um, pretty silly if you ask me. And. I think it speaks to a, a broader problem about the relationship between the uncomfortable relationship between um, academics and sports on, on college campuses and how they're in many ways, they're incompatible. You know, if you go, if you go to uh, look at a different model, right, like colleges and universities um, in, in Europe, um, the, the sports out there are, are far less professionalized. I think this is true in Australia as well, um, that, that it's basically student clubs that are student run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, for sure. It doesn't. You don't get into school on the uh, on the back of your athletic prowess. It's not going to get you any scholarships. That sort of stuff. You can do it once you're there, and and they're really good at, at at some sports. But it's it's absolutely extracurricular. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. you know, get into the school, come to the school, and do that. And then we've got other stuff to sort of round out your college experience. Um, these sports are not extracurricular. Like it's kind of like the curricular stuff is extracurricular in the sports oftentimes occupy that that more central place um, 100%. and, and, and I, I should shut up but let, but let me say one more thing please don't you know every time you've got these like long-standing existing stereotypes about sports right about college athletes not not you know doing their own schoolwork and not making the grade and being allowed to take basket weaving or cutting classes or all this sort of stuff or you know that rich people have way more access to to things like high quality education than do other people, and and these things often get coded as untrue sort of stereotypes. And I'm not saying that they're true across the board, but then you get something that comes up and actually validates it, right? Like the Adidas thing that just happened, um, you know, or 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 this. I mean, it's a bad look. 
it's it's uh, it just happens to be happening at this at the time of year when you and I usually just go after the NCAA anyway. Yeah. You know, what's the first two weeks of March Madness have worn off? I think that's when we that's when so many people start critiquing, but but us in particular. Uh no, 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 it's it's true. What do you are you have you been following the Sean Miller stuff? It was it was I asked because he gave an odd kind of farewell to Arizona fans the other day. I, I don't know if you caught that. that. No. Uh it was after I, I want to say it was on senior night. Um in, you know at at in where's where's arizona what city is that in it's not in tucson is it anyhow it was somewhere outside of phoenix it was just kind of an odd had an odd feel to it uh and you know the, again commentators are saying that he knows that the hammer is coming down right that what happened a year ago at this time with uh recruiting violations and the pay-for-play scandal uh was just to kind of tip the iceberg perhaps even a leak and that you know the fbi didn't want that out and now the fbi has done its homework and there are more things to come for sean miller for uh, bill self perhaps at kansas i think there are there have to be other coaches in there that we could throw underneath uh, this kind of bushel basket. I wonder, you know, who doesn't or hasn't fucked up in a long time is Calipari. You know, is, is he, I wonder if he's, that's, he's that's, that's high praise. No, it's but I wonder, you know, like, how, we've had this many days without an accident in the warehouse. Yeah. I wonder if he's kind of like, if you think about the Hispanic Kentucky, is it, is it him going, eh, you know what? I'm going to tell these kids that I'm cool with them playing for one year and not going to class and yeah uh, you know they're not well, i'm not gonna give any bullshit so I, I, recruits like the I'm, best. I'm pretty positive we haven't talked about this in the podcast and i'm not sure that this is official but i've uh, I've, I've read that this is going to happen that the um the the nba that that adam silver is going to push for a um uh for for no uh no college requirement is that right trying to um, trying to end the 19 sure. year old rule Oh, I didn't know that. I had not heard that, but I mean, I, now, guess. Now I have to make sure I'm getting my rumor right. I thought that I, I heard this thing that that he was going to push for a two year rule mm-hmm. that the uh, that the players association would put push back against that, which is weird because in that case they're not really representing those players who are not yet professional athletes. But um, that he was going to ask for a two year rule that the players association was going to say no, and he's going to say fine. One is broken. Let's just do zero then. that's interesting i mean he's a pretty progressive uh uh commissioner you know like he's done some fantastic stuff he's he's right the logic here is that one isn't working because you just created a culture of one and dones yep and in particular a bunch of teams who their identity is that right like uh, kentucky is is that is that um that that basketball program that they just he wants to attract people and say come play here for a year we'll win a national championship we'll you'll play on a bunch of high profile stages uh, and then and then get the hell out of here um, if if the for silver if the the one and done is the problem and you can't get two as a way of fixing the problem then be like fine go go pro if you want to it does fix I I think it'll fix the the one and done approach to to building basketball teams I think it'll equalize the playing field and then everybody has to assume that their players could leave or could stay regardless. Right. And I think what's really interesting about this too, is how many players are actually NBA ready before their freshman year of college. I don't think you're going to see that many players going to the NBA when they're 18, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like you're not being forced to Hmm. that. You'll end up making that choice by yourself. I mean, honestly, the way that a college athlete should approach 
um, going to the NBA or not should be what sort of developmental value do I get out of playing in college and where is it best for me to go and do that? Right. And, and, and you're going to get rid of this one and done calculation. And hopefully I think you'll get a bunch of college teams who do a better job kind of saying, not that I'll propel you into the NBA where you should be already, even when that's not the case, but instead saying, you know, maybe you're here for one year, maybe you're here for three years, but it's all about development and showcasing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, hey. might, it might mean, it might mean a better college basketball product. I, I'm optimistic. I would like to see the student athlete um, who is you and I have this conversation. Let me preface that who is, who does have a good chance of going pro right? the elite level student athlete uh, get better skills from their education, get, get an education that is more appropriate to their future. And it's odd that we have, I don't know, I want to call it the stemification of higher ed, right? Uh, the STEM degree, the science, technology, and math degree is, is the thing that is so much valued at, at institutions like where Brian and I work, but yet we haven't made that skill set that much more overt in how we teach these particular student athletes who have a good chance of going pro. And what I mean by that is like giving them a basic entrepreneurial degree, right? Like a certificate in entrepreneurship or basic finance degree, or if they're writers, right? If they want to write, like ask them what they want to do and then build uh, flexible degrees around that. Because what happens is so many of them, like you had said, end up in classes like underwater basket weaving, get a one or two, you know, one, one or two years worth of coursework that has no value to them once they're out of there. And I think that that, because the institutions make so much money off the backs of these kids, they're yeah. doing a major, it makes it even worse, right? Well, the service that it's done is even worse. And I can't say that this is true across the board, but having <laughs> worked at a number of, you know, universities that have sports programs. I've worked at some D1 places and D2 places. Um, I've heard stories from people that I know and trust about, you know, having a student athlete in your classroom and, you know, um, they're not doing very well. So you get an email from someone in the athletic department or an email from someone on the coaching staff or whatever. And, um, you know, we both were, were at DU um, from going there. I know that there's uh, we, 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 I'm not going to name this person, but we had a friend whose job it was to make sure that, that, uh, just oversaw student athletes getting their textbooks properly because mm. it can be considered, um, uh, an illegitimate, uh, uh, benefit if they got the wrong books. Like, you know, your books are covered as part of your athletic scholarship. Um, but if you get the wrong ones, maybe it, it'll look like a bribe or something like that. Oh, right? So you have to make sure you get the exact right stuff. But there's this this culture of we're going to really kind of hold the hands of these student athletes. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they're in their own dorms or they're eating in their own their own cafeterias. And I suspect they're pressured to take a lot of the same the same classes. Um, you know, it's not it doesn't all rise to the level of, uh, you know, some of the stereotypes or even some of the worst stories you've heard where you know, the kids aren't showing up for class at all, or they're just automatically getting A's. But I'm certain that the athletic department at, at, at departments at big um, college, colleges with big sports programs know, you know, hey, you should take a lot of these classes, or you should take a lot of this major or um, that sort of stuff, places where they've got knowledge and experience. And to your point, that's not, I mean, that's not what college is for, you know? So say you do have the student who's a really good basketball player, but also wants to be a writer or something like that. They're probably not going to be encouraged to go uh, take a bunch of writing classes, right? Instead, they'll be, you know, encouraged to to take what 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 is perceived to be an, an easy route that doesn't have a lot of obstacles, doesn't have a lot of opportunity for you to get pulled away from sports or distracted or get bad grades that might make you ineligible, et cetera. So um, 
yeah, I think and this all goes back to this really uncomfortable relationship between academics and athletics that, I mean, we can all pretend the NCAA, NCAA has done a wonderful job on this. You know, all of us, we're all student athletes and we're going to go pro in something other than sports, blah, blah, blah. This, this PR campaign to make it look like, you know, college is just college and these kids happen to play a little bit of sports when, uh, again, I know from personal experience and, and, and peeking behind the curtain that that's really not accurate in a lot of cases. That was a good take, buddy. It's a really good take. Thanks. I dig it. Um, I know not to not to shift gears so fast, but we're I'm sh- we're gonna have to come back to this because it's again that time of year, and we usually do. So I want to leave it at that if you're okay. And I wanted to jump into the MLB rule changes just because of the timeliness, and I also think you know the Russell Westbrook story we can take on um, in a few weeks. Yeah, that's gonna um, keep, as the that's gonna keep uh, right. Per- per- right. Um, what are your thoughts on these on these MLB rule changes uh, that have been announced? Man, I, I have a take, but it's really just me stealing it from you. Okay. They just fundamentally represent a misunderstanding of the image problem that baseball has. <laughs> the majority of these rule changes, if not all of the rule changes, are designed to make the game faster. That's not the problem. No, no. I don't. Okay, so rule changes um, announced today. Uh, they will begin... Uh, most of them going into effect 2020. I'm just going to list these off, Brian, yeah. uh, and then we can kind of jump into them. This is the the, the most the it's oddest the, one. Is this stupidest right? One. Yeah. Uh, pitcher pitchers will be required to face a minimum of three batters in a game beginning in 2020. Stupid. Okay. Yeah, there will be a single uh, <laughs> July 31st one, one trade, trade deadline. Yeah, one trade deadline um, with teams prohibited from making any trades after that. Uh, mound visits will be reduced from six to five during games beginning this year. Um, and perhaps reduced to four visits in 2020. Uh, there will be an all-star election day starting this summer where fans can determine the starting players in the all-star game within tw- with 24-hour voting. I kind of like home- that. Yeah, that's cool. Make, I make, like that, yeah. make, make all-star game more yeah. fan accessible. I'm okay with that. The home run derby will now pay a million dollars to the winning player. I like that. Love, I love that. that. Yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's to incentivize participation, right? Yep. $2.5 million purse. Though, to be honest, like rich people get more money up whatever yeah fine commercial breaks between innings uh reduced by 20 seconds to two minutes these are all time-based dude so stupid position players will be prohibited from pitching in games that don't go into extra innings that's got to be all players association stuff yeah good call. I did, you don't want like the your right fielder <laughs> getting tearing his rotator cuff or having to get tommy john surgery pitching but, but why not just prohibit it all together I, I don't know well, because you may find yourself in situations where you have to, you're out of pitchers. I don't know. Um, yeah, that should never come to that. Uh, committees will be appointed by the commissioner's office and the union to formally discuss the game's economic concerns, whatever. Uh, you, uh, the minimum time for a player, uh, player spins on the IR, or sorry, injured list, will be increased back to 15 days from 10. I don't understand that. I guess teams were using that um, in... I don't know. Advantageous ways. Yeah, they were dropping. They were dropping pitchers on the ten day DL. Okay. uh, Knowing they'd only have to miss, you could do it where they only missed one start. Okay. If you did it retroactively. Yeah. Uh, So you could you could do that just to bring up more pitchers to the to the to the to the uh, major roster. And then finally, beginning in 2020, all teams will have a 28-man roster in the final month of September after having a 26-man roster the first five months of the season. All right, so we have so let's, the let's do this. Is two? Two. It used to be two. bigger, right? Way bigger. I think it was five, right? No, it was more than that. You would go from 28 to 40. 40? Yeah, it was 40-man roster. 
Um, that sucks, dude. Those like, college man, those kids just get to come watch baseball. Why would you not do that? I know that's that's just silly, and so, and a lot of them get hot in in September and well, end up making and you playoff often, roster. You often need the the pitching too. Mm-hmm. These teams mm-hmm. are just gonna now. All you're gonna do is pull up two pitchers. What's this gonna do for the playoffs and pitching? I wonder. Are pitchers gonna go into the playoffs more worn out? And like for for these two two of these rules, right? In particular, the the twenty eight man roster. And then also the idea that, or, you know, the, the new rule that you have to face three pitchers, like, does that have a kind of effect over the course of the season? Well, I mean, um, it, it absolutely has a, yeah. whether or not it affects how tired they are is, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're right. That matters, but I think that's less of a big deal than it eliminates the strategy of, of particular matchups of left on left matchups or, or whatever. Okay, so you had said before we broke down the rules that Major League Baseball is wrongheaded. You want to dive back into that? I, yeah, I think what, what problem are they there. trying to fix? I mean, everything seems to be time, right? Or not everything, but so much of it seems to be time. Player safety, which I understand that's coming from you know the Players Association, which is, is that's cool. But what, three to four of these are about time? And the pitchers facing three batters <laughs> is because they think you bring a pitcher and he faces one, one batter. It takes too long to do that. So that's a time-related one. The trade, the trade deadline one, I'll be honest, I don't know why that's there or what that does. I'll probably have to read about that. The mound visit stuff is all time. The all, all-star stuff is fine with it. I don't care about it. The commercial breaks thing is time. The position players not pitching is a, a safety one that was probably from, uh, came from the, the players' union anyhow. I mean, it is, who said this? I think it was Bryce. It, it might have been Bryce Harper, but I could be wrong. Was like the the a pitch clock is antithetical to baseball. It's a no, it's a non timed game. It has been forever, right? And if if that if that's not what you're in for, then don't go don't go to the baseball game and don't watch it. Was that really baseball? The problem? No, I mean the the problem is baseball's archaic approach to marketing its talent, to marketing its teams, to taking a more universal approach to promoting the sport instead of just leaving it up to teams like the Yankees and the Cubs and the Dodgers to do the promotion on on their own not to say that those teams shouldn't be given flexibility to to be um, savvy with their advertising and marketing tools and and processes but major league baseball needs to do better at, at getting talent out there in the eyes of of the consumer because i mean you and i have talked about it like mike trout is probably the best player of the last 35 years, aside from Barry Bonds. Say what you will about Barry Bonds. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yet, I mean, he should be, dude, Not nobody knows who he is. I mean, yeah. people know who he is, but, you know, aside from those inside baseball and, and some others, or, you know, baseball fans and some others, nobody appreciates what Mike Trout has done. I mean, look, if, if, if you've never listened to this podcast or sorry, if you've never, you know, looked at some of the, of my trout stats, go to baseball reference and just look some of this shit up. I mean, it's insane. He's already one of the greatest baseball players ever. And he's 26 years old. And he should have won a couple MVPs in years when they kept giving, yes. him, kept giving him to Miguel Cabrera. It yes. was the one year Cabrera won the triple crown. So you kind of had to give him the MVP. But there were a bunch of numbers uh, aside from, you know, the flawed things that make up the Triple Crown that would make you think twice about that. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Mike, you're right. But baseball, mumble shit. It, it, it go no farther than this. Mike Trout is undeniably the best player in Major League Baseball, and he is to say underutilized as a PR thing is it's not even close. You're right. Sorry, I got angry there. So angry, I couldn't talk. You're okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally not okay. okay. You're right. He should be on everything. I just don't understand what what literally the People, I don't know why I just said literally. literally. I don't understand why it, why the decision makers in the MLB offices who have the final say over communications, marketing, advertising, outreach, don't just ask somebody from the NBA to come in or from the NFL to come in or from fucking Champions League soccer yeah. or, or, you know, uh, 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 you know, like just have them come in pay them a hundred grand yeah. to consult you. And t- those leagues are doing just fine. Well, yeah, can, well, can, I mean, the can, NFL can, aside, can, but like the, the NBA has figured it out, man. Right. Like, why is the NBA successful? Why do people watch it now? It's because Adam Silver has, let, has kind of, you know, taken the reins off. Yeah. Of, let those of, players you know, have some personality. Yeah, not just the players, yeah. but the people, yeah, at the teams, right. Who, you know, hire younger people, hire savvier people. It doesn't have to be about youth. It's just people who understand that, you know how the world communicates and how and how we how we consume and and interact and engage with brands yeah. is different. Think of other sports though, right? If if basketball mm-hmm. is the example, imagine you know LeBron James who is I, that's not even a terrible comparison, I don't think. I mean Mike Trout, you know, maybe he's not no. quite LeBron James, but he's pretty high up there. Like LeBron, you think baseball, you think LeBron James or basketball, you think LeBron James, right? Right, but you think right. baseball? You're right. There's probably some people like I, I never. I've never seen an Angels game. I don't really know who, who Mike Trout is. It, it, a, 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 not even a casual basketball fan. Someone who's never watched an NBA game in their entire life knows who LeBron James is. Right. Yep. His yep. his superstar superstar status transcends baseball. Mike Trout should be the same thing. Compare it to you. You pointed to to kind of soccer as a good example. Can you imagine a, a Cristiano Ronaldo or? Uh, Lionel Messi being just like some unknown dude that people couldn't pick out of a lineup. No, I mean, you take your best player and you build your brand around them. And Mm -hmm. all Major League Baseball seems interested in doing is being like, oh, we can cut 12 seconds here, 15 seconds there. Like, who cares? I know. I know. That's definitely not the issue. They're not doing anything to to make the the consumption of the product easier it just sucks dude because oh man you know we, I, we get i get so mad about this all the time too much i'm sure our, our the people who've listened to this since day one know that you and i get up in arms about this <laughs> too often right more Such than we i can't even get words out of my fucking mouth <sighs> but i mean seriously I, it's gonna ruin our attraction to the game it's gonna ruin the popularity of the game and that's hmm, it's funny funny i just thought about the like craft brewing is going through a similar issue um not in terms of marketing and stuff like that but the attack well not necessarily craft brewing we'll just say beer in general but like i was having a conversation when i was out in seattle with adam robbings at rubens brews and he was was talking about the threat of uh ab's uh uh what i try to say uh, conflict with coors Uh miller coors and like that's not just a threat to those companies. That's a threat to beer drinkers and to beer in general because you can't convince somebody to drink craft beer 
if they're not already beer drinkers or it's much more difficult sure. right so like craft beer goes after beer drinkers and if you know you hit 21 or you know younger and you want to imbibe and you want to you know go out to a bar and have a drink you know that kind of stupid ass shit is going to turn a lot of people off and that can be really really harmful to craft beer because they have a, a lower or a smaller kind of audience to reach but sorry that was a that was an odd kind of you know connection but i just thought about we'll that. bring it back to Anyhow. sports Okay, go. No, you. you get, <laughs> I don't, don't want to steal steal your metaphor. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I don't even know what I was going to say now. <laughs> I totally spaced you out. You lost it in there. Uh, well, gosh, my youngest has not been sleeping for like three days, and I think my coffee just wore off. But this hey, is, that's a good is, place to end. Yeah, I mean, this is go this ahead. is an oversimplification, but. You, there's there's a, a a really funny part in in Moneyball um, that I think illustrates this quite nicely, where uh, Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean is sitting around with his uh, all of his recruiters uh, or scouts, I suppose, and he, he keeps being like, "How are we going to fix the problem if you don't know what the problem is?" Right, and that's not the problem. What's the problem? He's over and over again. He's asking them, "What do they think the problem is that they're facing in the upcoming year?" And none of them know the answer. This seems to me to to be what's going on inside of baseball that if you're spending all this time and energy and money and, 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 and thinking about rule changes to fix the pace of play, but you haven't determined beyond any shadow of a doubt that that is in fact the problem, that that's what's costing you viewership. If that's what you perceive to be the problem anyways, uh, then you're never, you're never going to figure out exactly, exactly what it is. Right. I mean, so I, I assume that their assumption is that the perception of baseball is this old timey thing. That's, you know, too slow and too antiquated for, a modern audience and so their answer is we'll speed every game up by four or five minutes okay that's not gonna fix okay. shit right yeah. how about how about instead of doing that instead of trying to put a band-aid on the people think baseball's too slow and too long problem why don't you just work to change the image of baseball yeah as like just put freaking bryce harper and mike trout on on tv and and get get them you know out in the public a little bit and say look it's not you know your grandpa's baseball league anymore it's young yeah. and cool and hip and here's why Let's, oh, there you, you know, go. there you go. Hold out now. Now I'm back. Now yeah. you're back. <laughs> okay. Now I remember what I was going to okay, say. Okay. No, no, no. Good. I, good. I got you. You got about, about beer. Yeah. Thank no you. Problem. No, it's the same. It's the same kind of thing, right? Where uh, beer uh, at large tends to think that the, like they're doing too much infighting, I suppose, or they, they don't realize um, that perhaps it's not about, hmm, it's not about being better at marketing your product, right? It's not about necessarily being savvier in how you market, but rather understanding the systemic, really, you know, systemic history that has limited beer consumption to a very specific demographic. Mm -hmm. And I think craft beer opens things up a little bit more. It makes it a little bit more approachable for people that aren't just old white men, but still... Right. Maybe. And maybe, you know, I think craft beer is starting to recognize they need to be they need to uh, you know, approach different audiences. Right. Get outside of that kind of uh, you know, flannel wearing beard having uh, gentlemen like you and me and then their families, uh, you know, their wife and kids. And instead, right. Try to how do you sell your product to uh, marginalized identities? How do you sell your product to older identities? How do you how do you get our dads to drink craft beer? Yeah. I know your dad does. I know my dad does. But like. Again, I see what you're saying. I, I was kind of on that point. Right? They're thinking about the problem in the wrong, in a wrong yeah. way, in the wrong way. So, um, all right. 
I've got to go back into my office and get some work done. It looks like Indiana is making a little run here. Oh, I, you no, I, cl- I, cl- I, I was, I got, yeah. Click happy. Dude, they're down a bunch three with a minute left. They're down three. Huh. Um, well, I'm going to go turn well, that on. almost certainly get them into the, into the big dance. Um, <laughs> actually, I take that back. St. Mary's kind of fucked everything up, didn't they? By beating Gonzaga. Oh, I missed uh, that. When is that today? Yeah. Nah, two nights ago they beat him in the championship game at the oh whatever conference. Oh, that matters because St. Mary's gets in and otherwise wouldn't have gets in. Yes, for sure. Yeah, just like that. All right, buddy. Uh, fantastic show. Yeah, Everybody, um, pay attention uh, to the socials. We'll send out some information about next week's uh, the start of next week's bracket challenge. It's going to be fun. Uh, Brian, have a wonderful day. Yeah, buddy. you too. We'll talk later. See you.